The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. Christ is risen. He was an unlikely hero. Horatio Nelson was a pastor's son from a small church in England, but he didn't follow his father into the ministry. He left for sea. Rising through the ranks of the British Navy, Horatio, he, he lost an arm, the sight of one eye along the way, but you know he lived during the age of sail and he fought on the side of Britain in the Napoleonic Wars. This was a, a global struggle that saw naval battles in every sea and every ocean around the globe. Uh, think like master and commander on the far side of the world. Britain became a naval superpower through its victories over French and naval fleets. And so Nelson, he first becomes famous at the Battle of the Nile, where, where he destroyed a fleet of French ships and then he was showered with rewards from around the globe. The king gave him a medal. He got a gift from the Russian emperor. He received a diamond from the sultan of the Ottoman Empire. And he became a nobleman. From that point on, the preacher's son who went to sea was known as Admiral Lord Nelson. But five years later, Napoleon had amassed another fleet, a fleet that he intended to use to invade the British home islands. So the homeland was at risk, and the naval powers of Britain set sail, and Lord Nelson was with them aboard his prophetically named flagship, the Victory. They sailed for the Cape of Trafalgar, and there, Admiral Nelson, in this just brilliant tactical maneuvers, he actually and his fleet destroyed 22 of Napoleon's 33 ships of the line, while the British lost none. It was, a, it was a victory unparalleled in naval history. Instantly the threat of invasion of England was, was over, and Nelson became installed as one of Britain's greatest heroes, instantly. It was a great victory. But on the deck of the flagship, Lord Nelson lay wounded. Shot through the lung and the spine by a French sniper perched on the mast of an enemy ship, the great victor of Trafalgar was mortally wounded. And on October 21st, 1805, at 4.30 in the afternoon, in the moment of his greatest victory, Lord Nelson, he died. He was victorious, but uh, Death makes everything past tense. You know, you know the feeling of when you lose someone that you care about deeply? And it's, it takes a while for your brain to wrap itself around the fact that they're gone. I mean, one minute they're here and the next, you pick up your phone and you see their face and their number, but, but texts would just obviously go unanswered and calls just ring. Eventually, your mind wraps yourself around the idea that they're really and truly gone. It's the irreversibility of death that makes it hurt so much. 
What were Jesus' followers supposed to think during that dark weekend? I mean, he had, he had so captivated their hearts and their minds, they left everything to follow him. He was their teacher, he was their friend, and they thought he was their Lord. But death makes everything past tense. I mean, think of the women that we see in our gospel readings for Easter Sunday, the women who are walking these dark roads of Jerusalem, and they're, I mean, Jesus had made some huge promises to them, huge promises, right? He had promised them that he was the way, the truth, and the life. He had promised them that no one could snatch them out of his hands. He had promised them things that had echoes of eternity, and they had believed him, but, but you know, death makes everything past tense. And Jesus was dead, killed on a cross, his body laid out on a cold slab of stone. And what these ladies were on their way to do was to pack a dead body with spices in a, in a loving but futile attempt to keep the cruel realities of death at bay for the shortest amount of time. He died, and it seemed that all of his promises had died with him. Jesus had actually told them this was going to happen. Right. He had told them, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, I'm going to be crucified, I'm going to die, I'm going to rise again, and I'm going to meet you in Galilee. But death has a way of changing things with its irreversibility. They believed every one of his promises about his crucifixion, but they, they didn't believe a single one about his resurrection. Because what could a dead Jesus do for them? What can a dead man do? Nothing. I mean, Lord Nelson won this huge victory for Britain, but then he was dead. And he couldn't do anything else for Britain ever again. And it's amazing to see how people recognize that. When, when news of the great victory made it to London, along with news of Nelson's death, the newspaper, the Times of London, published this. We do not know whether we should mourn or rejoice. The country has gained the most splendid and decisive victory that has ever graced the naval annals of England, but it has been dearly purchased. Uh, in fact, King George III of England, he thought that the victory wasn't worth the cost because dead is dead. You don't come back from it. You know, you could, you could say that Nelson was victorious, but uh, when you're looking at a corpse, you can't use the word is. Normally, sailors that were killed in battle, they were given a burial at sea. But the ship surgeon on the HMS Victory, he decided that if all England had left was the body of Lord Nelson, well, then he was going to make sure the body of Lord Nelson got home. But the journey was going to take a few weeks. So the, the great victory of Trafalgar, you know what they did with him? They put him in a wooden barrel, filled it with brandy, they pickled him. The great victor of Trafalgar got pickled for the journey home to England so he could be buried at St. Paul's. You know, you can say that Nelson was victorious, but I'm telling you what, when you're closing the lid on a pickling cask, you don't use the word is. Mm -mm. Death makes everything past tense. Think about what was on the hearts of those women going to put spices on a dead body of the friend and the teacher who was. 
Arms full of spices, hearts full of disappointment. All they hoped to do was go anoint a dead body, and so the only question on their mind is, who's going to roll the stone away from the tomb? But then they get there, and everything's wrong. The government guards are gone. The stone had been moved away. The grave is standing open, and when they walk inside, they don't see a dead body. They see angels who shared with them an Easter message that changes everything. Christ is risen. Angels said, he's not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you? Remember? Angels saying, this is why Jesus had come to earth. This is why he took on flesh and blood. This was central. This was the point of his ministry, of his miracles, of his mission. He had come to defeat our great enemy, that one irreversible thing, death. And those ladies, they came looking in a place where a dead Jesus would be, but they found nothing because he was very much alive. And they heard the words of these angels, and they remembered the promises of Jesus, and suddenly the Spirit started to work in the hearts of Jesus' followers, an Easter victory chant that started to build and build. As St. Paul said it, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of, sin, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever heard people say that uh, dying is just another part of living? It's like the whole circle of life thing. They say it's a natural thing for people to do. It's just absolutely false. Dying is the most unnatural thing a human can do because God never created humans to die. He created us to fulfill that crazy deep-down notion that we have that we, should, that we should live and live and live and never die. It, it was sin that changed all that. I mean, the sin of our first parents, Adam and Eve, and also the sin of our hearts and minds and mouths this past week. Sin like that, um, it pays a wage. And the wage that it pays is death. So that's what, sin is what makes death hurt. Sin is what leads to that final indignity, to find yourself pickled in a wooden cask. No matter what you and I try to do, we can't solve this problem of sin. No matter how we try to convince ourselves, uh, you know, we, sometimes we think we can make bargains with ourselves that's going to solve this problem of sin. Like, we think, you know, I promise I'm never going to do that thing again. Or we think if we just feel guilty enough about what we've done, maybe that'll somehow assuage our guilt a little bit. Or we, we think if I just do enough good things, maybe, maybe God will, will not punish me for this. There's no karma in God's world, and there's no way for you and I to do anything about the sin that's in our heart. But that's why God sent someone who could. The one man out of all men of all time who could be the hero that we needed, someone who was truly God, and truly man, holy in every way, and human in every way. And God, what he did was he tied up our fate with his. And on a Friday at about three in the afternoon, the best of men died for the worst. And God gathered up all of my failures, all of your guilt, all of the sin of all mankind, and he put it on his son. And then he punished Jesus with the hell that, that we had deserved. But Jesus paid for every bit. 
And when he said, it is finished, that meant the bill was paid in full. Sin was dead, guilt was gone. And think about what that means now, right? You think about those memories you have, the ones that burn your conscience, the, the moments that you wish you could just take back, the shame, the remorse, forgiven, forgotten, forever. Because of what that man did on the cross, God looks at you and me, and he said, I've forgiven your wickedness, and I can remember your sin no more. And now God promises you that when sin is dealt with, well, that changes everything. Not even death can hold on to his people anymore because it's been swallowed up in victory. And here's why. Jesus didn't die in, as a casualty in a battle for victory like, like Lord Nelson did. No, Jesus' death is what caused the victory. Because when Jesus died, he won. His death was the price of sin. And once that price was paid in full, death has no hold. Death has no sting. And on Easter Sunday morning, the whole world got to see just how victorious Jesus is. You know, if you uh, go to London, you can go to Trafalgar Square, named after that great battle, and see a memorial to Lord Nelson. His statue with one arm and one blinded eye stands 170 feet tall on a, on a Corinthian column surrounded by four huge lions. It was a fine memorial to a man who won a great victory, who was victorious, but is now very much long dead. Jesus needs no square. Jesus needs no statue. Jesus needs no past tense. Because Jesus didn't just die, he rose from the dead. It's not that Jesus was victorious. It's that he is. Christ is risen. Alleluia. Amen.